Uh, welcome to 12 Days of Cop. I'm your host, Andrea Edwards, and today I'm, I think, we're, where, where are we today? We're in Sweden, and I'm very, very happy to introduce you to a new friend for me as well, Svinung Nigar. I, did I, get, uh, I didn't get it right. No, that's pretty, it pretty good, pretty good. Well, up no. there, up English-speaking, oh. uh, it's good. But from now, it's Sven, right? It, let's use Sven. Uh, it's a Norwegian name, Svenung Nigor. Uh, I'm based in Gothenburg in Sweden, uh, but I'm from Norway. So uh, I'm okay. used to my my name uh, being pronounced different ways. Hence, I go by Sven abroad. Yes. You're used to dealing with um, ignorant English-speaking people, right? <laughs> there, there are. It's, it's, it's a challenge <laughs> for the mouth to reshape in different languages. Yeah, but I've been living in in England and it was um, it never worked quite quite my oh. name but, uh, i think yeah. you'd you'd find australia even more challenging with the way we use our vowels anyway um so i don't know very much about you but uh, i've got a little bit of an insight so i think we've just got to start with you know let's 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 learn what you're all about and what your passion is yeah i'm a composer a film composer for um for film and theater and uh advertisement um so I, I've been doing that for many years uh, across the world in different projects. So I'm in my studio now in Gothenburg. Used to live in London for uh, nine years and um, a couple other things. But yeah, I think the artistic scene and um, is where I'm coming from. And the uh, I have my own project as well called Fleet, which means flow, uh, where I travel around recording people all over the world and making kind of these ambient landscapes, uh, mm. which I call a dream that everyone can have. Uh, so uh, you don't see it here, but I got instruments from all over the world here in my in my studio, and I enjoy that. So that's my nice. my passion, the music. So I'm a guitarist and a uh, composer. Nice, nice. That was one of my potential paths uh, when I was at university, composition. But uh, I went in another direction, so I I respect it because it's not easy. And um, you know, if you have you been very successful, like working for major major films and. I've been doing some not super major films, but a lot of different projects, um, yep. a lot of variety in the things. So um, you have to be consistent. I think that's uh, one of the big questions when people are, um, when you're approaching the film industry is like, can we trust you to make good yeah, music, right. but to make it on time and not to, to be uh, to be a good collaborator? Uh, and this takes time to prove. You can't just send a music file over and say, oh, that's fine. It's about yeah. who you are also. Because uh, when it's speed, up, when things are moving, they are really moving and you have to be consistent artistically. Mm. Um, so that takes time. So, yeah, it's um, uh, it's a journey, long journey. I've been done in, doing it for many years and then I do different things. So uh, I in different regions and different projects. So I have enough to do uh, and it pays the bills. Um, yeah. And I get to travel and meet people. Um, which I find really interesting to meet artistic people who see the world in in a very very different way. Absolutely agree with you. And I was really um, I was really happy to recently read that you know there's lots of different types of intelligence, even though we only really value one. Um, and obviously mm. EQ, CQ, cultural intelligence, which I think is something you really get when you travel. Um, but musical intelligence is an intelligence, you know. And I only just mm. found that out recently. And so yeah. There you go. It is. I studied mathematics, and people say mathematics is related to music by its number and matrices and, and that kind of thing, and its graphs. And but it, no, it's much deeper than that. It's uh, seeing patterns intuitively. Mm -hmm. So um, 
music is all about connections and um, seeing shapes connect. So I think, yeah, music is part of the arts world. And I think the artist can embrace longer lines, maybe underlying factors. They can see connections where other people see only chaos, which mm. I find deeply fascinating that when people mm. just look to the surface, artists can need to go a little bit beyond that and see what's really going on here for better yeah. or worse. Um, mm. Not just being looking for the bad thing, because that's one thing, but looking for, oh, have you thought about this? It's connected to that. And what, what does that mean to you if we, as a new thoughts, basically thinking tangentially and that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Great. So um, you're also part of the climate bards. Is that what it's called? The climate bards? Bards for, bards for climate. Something bards about for climate. climate. Bards, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is kind of uh, where my journey started. I mean, I grew up always with the the knowledge that the climate was a little bit out of out of control and that kind of thing. But it's, living in Norway, we didn't feel that so much. Um, but it dawned on me the the link between the artistic mindset and the problems of the world and how we can. Uh, take a step forward into the circle of society bards mm. used to be uh, known as the guys who were only used their art to praise the kings and the rulers and be paid to do that we take it a bit further and we say like okay you have your art form now step into the circle and and tell the stories that would help people understand their lives and understand their um their world and so there can be any kind of art form really yeah, we don't see the climate uh, challenge now as much of a technical thing as a um, identity issue because we know, or at least I knew the, the reports from Guru Holland Base and Silent now was out of control, uh, and it's going to be an identity uh, journey back to find out who we really are, and that is a good good journey because I think what we the problems we see now come from our exploitation of the earth and shortcuts into wealth and shortcuts and and all these aspects now manifest in the in the material world as part per million in uh, of co2 and all that kind of thing but it, it all yeah. all comes from ways of dealing with things in a i want to control the world i want to control other people i want to have a shortcut to a better mm. better life without actually doing the work so i think it's all we can describe this as, as a, in, in non-technical terms uh, as much yeah. as in tech terms it's it's a it's a spiritual transformation that's required of all of us right you know and when, I, when 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 people want to have an argument with me about it not happening i'm like I, i'm not, i'm really not interested in arguing with anyone about about it if they think that especially where where i live you know the waste crisis is on our doorstep and it's horrendous what you see in the environment you know so it's even, I just want to say to people, okay, you don't believe in climate change, whatever. I like, you know, mm. are you happy with our world? Mm. Are you happy with, you know, women yeah. and children being subjected to sexual slavery and violence? Like, you know, we, mm. we, we haven't got it right. So, and, 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 and that's a, that's something that we've got to really go within and, and sort out. We've got to sort it out within ourselves, within our communities, our societies around the world, um, and help the, help the poorest of the world rise up while we shrink our impact down, you know. For sure, and I can see from uh, in Scandinavia that actually our our longing to control the world in a rationalist manner and in a technical manner uh, has led us to be quite poor in terms of our hmm. 
it's about uh, having the developing countries uh, reaching a level on level of uh, whatever they need to come to and we have to come down but i think in a deeper way it's actually some in the west we have attached our identity to things and mm. control and rationality and we have to actually take a step not down or up but sideways and and redefine and refine who we really are who we want to be and I think going a little bit wider, I think this is also some of the wars and conflicts we see now also reflect uh, who we want to be and value choices in that. So I think the, the journey of having fewer things, but being more secure in who you are in the West, not down to things, but, but to who you are is actually a very climate uh, friendly way of looking at things uh, mm. and all a very good thing for us. And so what are the buds for climate release? So we had a couple of different uh, products, if you like. Uh, so we're, we're developing these. One is uh, Postcards from the Future, which is kind of a med- guided meditation uh, about if you were to write a postcard from your future self back into your present self, what would you write? And it goes over a couple of hours. And we, we've been running these. Um, and we run it also in conjunction with the, uh, the prisms. Uh, which is our main thing now during COP, where we prism things. We use it as a verb, where we um, uh, we listen in on what's being said. We choose a talk or a press conference, and then we listen actively. So what is going on here? Who's at the stage? What's, if you view it as theater, how would you describe it? And how would this be, can this be expressed in a helpful way? Because it's mm. quite easy to be uh, just saying it's bad, it's good, um, but often it needs translation into an emotional language, into a more coherent uh, language, a more action-inviting language. So our role is to listen actively for these kind of points where these kind of key moments where we think this needs, I need to explain this in a different way. It could be in a musical way, it could be music with words, be words like poetry or prose it could be paintings or dance we have like one one time was lady dancing uh what not the message but what she felt when she saw the message and this was an interpretation of it Hmm. and taking it further so it's a way of of training how to listen but also Hmm. narrowing back to the speakers we've been doing getting some feedback from the speakers at cop 27 we uh through via linkedin but also uh, developing ourselves and and also spreading them on our Instagram uh, account, Prisms of Bards, um, and the oh, website. Yeah, Prisms of Bards is where we share our things now. Um, yeah, so we we just feel these prisms where we define them as an artistic reaction to a technical or political talk within the climate debacle situation. Yeah. Uh, done in uh, no more than a working day um, and aim to stir emotion and be constructive in our yeah. response. And it's, it's a powerful method, method to, when you listen with that, those kind of uh, ears and eyes on, it is very powerful for the, the artists as well, I must say. Mm. You know, I can imagine. And um, yeah, just like, I think that we, we lack the ability to appreciate nuance, um, you know, and you'll see people with such strong opinions one way or another and it's like, well, yeah, I can kind of see that one and that one, but there's also all these other pieces as well, and we need to be thinking of it all holistically. So 
that ability to sort of translate. I mean, you're basically translating because people mm. are struggling. You know, I read so much technical scientific stuff. And if I talk to people about it, they're like, what? But I mean, the measurements of climate change are, are words I don't even know. I don't even know what they mean, you know, but you kind of get used to reading them, right? But um, so if there's been one piece of news so far at COP28 that's sort of got your attention, maybe um, you're feeling positive about it, is it, what, what would you say that would be so far? I mean, leading leading up to the whole uh, the the COP, it was all this news about what in at BBC and things that it would be used for oil negotiations, and that was not so so good. But I feel it was good and maybe relaxing the, uh, the environment, but, but a bit to uh, release the news of the loss and damage fund quite early mm. and yeah. the historic um, breakthrough on that. Of course, with the problems it comes with, where does the money come from and how is it distributed and the, the amount of money um, and and who yeah who's paying them the most. But but still, yeah. getting to that point of of uh, responsibility from uh, wealthy countries to towards the other one, it's I think it's important yeah. historic step forward. Uh, so we'll, let's see if that will just be a sleeping pillow uh, and that will be the only result that comes out of the COP or, or there will be actual other um, elements and yeah. resolutions come out of this. Um, we and we see this problem as a complex problem, of course, climate. And so many people are looking for the silver bullet that will like, mm -hmm. that will do the whole thing. And it probably won't. Uh, but part of the, the nature of, of media and uh, is that it's very simply simplified. It's down to one person, two persons, uh, one message that will do the whole thing. And I think it probably needs to be more organically than that. Uh, mm. So let's see. So some of these things won't be like the change of somebody's heart, the change of somebody's hope is quite powerful uh, things that can't maybe be measured or transmitted. Um so yeah, so let's let's see where it where it ends up. But COP is not the only thing that will save the world in the end. No, that's right. Yeah, uh, look, I think whatever happens, it, 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 regardless, we've just got to come together as a global community, and we've just got to say, right, let's get going, let's clean it up, regenerate, rewild, consume less, you know, really reduce our impact at scale. You know, we need a billion people sort of saying, I'm I'm in, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to be part of the change, and then. We encourage everybody else, you know, so we've just, no matter what happens, we've just got to keep moving forward and sharing a positive message because people without hope are not going to change anything, right? Um, if you think... Yeah, sorry, yeah, on that note, because I think something we need in the West is not necessarily, I know there are problems in different countries, but we don't necessarily need money and wealth. I think we need purpose. We need mm. something to, to be on fire for, something to give our lives to. And I think if you do that, the kind of the uh, the negative sides will be transformed into positive purpose, tasks, that this is something I'll do. Not because it's, uh, yes, it's not a negative. It's not giving up. It's actually like letting go of some things that were holding us yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That could be transformed as well. Mm, I like it. All right. Um, growing up in Norway, um, and then having lived and travelled around the world, was there was there a moment for you when you realised that we were in trouble and that we needed to do something about it? Can you remember a, an epiphany or just a moment? I think I was. I still remember the, the um, 
comfortable things from when I grew up, which all, they're all, always there. We have a lot of country, not a lot of nature in Norway, so we uh, we're quite used to being close to nature. But I remember uh, our Prime Minister Gro Harlem Brundtland's report for the um, UN back in the eighties. Um, it felt very very dark, but for, quite distant, I must say. And then the other thing I just kind of remember was kind of the ozone layer and that, everything that went on with that and how that worked out well in some ways. Mm. But I always felt um, it was not about me and my uh, skill set and my role. Try, always trying to reduce things, of course. Uh, but it was kind of five years ago I realized there's an overlap here between the climate problem, which I always saw as a technical UN, a bit distant thing, um, to and that that's that technical uh, climate thing and the artistic side. And then I realized, okay, there's something here that going on that's not just about climate the climate is a symptom of something deeper mm. and then we have to approach that and that that gave me some tools and some kind of call to action uh for me myself i was in at a conference uh climate conference in switzerland uh with an organization called initiatives of change um and it was very a lot of people from different realms and different uh parts of the world and I felt there was a kind of a, a call for me to to step forward with, with the arts. Mm. Um, that was, yeah, probably five years ago, so quite recent, really, uh, in yeah. terms of, um, yeah, never been kind of an activist because I always felt there was something that didn't quite fit my myself, me. Mm. Yeah, I think we've got to choose our path. You know, I, I'm a conversationalist. That's what I like to do. So for me, it's like, Having good, having great conversations with people like you, and just sort of learn, learning about what you do, so that hopefully you can inspire people that you know are, are watching this from around the world. You know, so um, mm. yeah. So I grew up in Australia. You were talking about the the ozone hole, right? I grew yeah. up in Australia, so we lived that experience. You know, and um, you know, when 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 you're young, you you put like a, a microscope over your hand to burn to burn your skin through the sun. Did mm. you ever do that? Well, that's kind of no. I well, I did. I was a scout who tried to put things on fire and things like that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember my brothers used to always burn themselves, but um, then then it actually started to get really. We we could feel it. We could feel the heat and skin cancer started to really take off. Two two members of my family have problems with skin cancer, and um, just just a couple of weeks ago, the New Zealand government announced that they um the ozone hole isn't repaired like they think it is. It's uh, uh, it's actually it's actually getting bigger. So that was pretty, pretty disappointing to hear that. Um, you know, so yeah, cause that's the seventh, uh, of the, of the nine resilience. So I think that's the seventh one that we've now crossed. So it's like, it's a bit disappointing. All right. So, um, I know that you're not part of the core it's for you team, but no. the whole concept of it's for you is to really just sort of, to remember to celebrate what's important in life, you know, whether it's, you know, that real connection with your community or giving art and, and creativity and entertainment to people. Or, um, so mm. when you think, when you think about it, when you've talked to Inga Mete, um, what, what, what is, what is it for you? How does it speak to you as an, as a, as an idea? I think, I think we need to um, go from a structural to a kind of empowering the, individual i think there is a link between which i find really inspiring that people have power and i think this was what we see on on 
on the top level that the politicians and big business they actually listen to people when the people vote with their feet moving business out of russia that's and then moving off of fossil fuel i think is very powerful um, so we should never look down on the individual choices and discussions and the power of hope and power mm -hmm. of taking one step in the right direction uh, i think this is probably what's the main thing that's missing uh, and i feel when i watch cop the cops that they're all there's an elephant in the room and the elephant is what will people say can i get my mm -hmm. people behind me in my country in my business my will they buy our product uh, will they vote for me in the next election so i think it's kind of not individualistic but individual change does lead to, to big change and as you've seen it in, in the past and i think this is probably what needs to happen the mm. empowerment of the of the individual uh not as well i'm not going to be critical of it because there are there's a role to being activist and being critical of the powers that be but there's also a role of being this is i'm part of the problem which means i'm part of the solution uh i'm, I'm and my individual choices actually make a difference and how I speak about things is powerful. Um, some of the countries I travel to, you can see hopelessness on the walls, and you see it in the way that they there's no investment in painting the walls, rebuilding things. So sometimes hope can be hugely economic, a huge economic force uh, for bad and for good. And I think this could be one of one of the main things that we can we need to. Uh, help people realize mm. that they, are, they we have some power and how we speak actually just doesn't just describe describe the reality but also makes a new reality so we need to yeah. speak the right way to each other yeah absolutely no i love that take care of our home and not the, the painting is up you're absolutely spot spot on so one of my one of my friends here uh, joe augustine he 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 believes that the climate fight Will be won through art and artists, uh, because that uh, the the ability to sort of uh, visualize or capture complex ideas in, in in all sorts of different art forms is important. So, for all the creative people out there in the world, what do you say to them? Like five years ago, you stepped into your voice and your courage to talk about it, which is obviously a big decision, right? Because it mm. can it can backfire in your on, on your career. Um, uh, 2018 for me was when I, I went full 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 throttle, um, mm. but um, you know for a long time been doing it gradually. But so, um, what would you say to anyone who's like wants to be part of it but doesn't know how to how to get started? What apart from obviously following you guys and seeing what you're doing on on Instagram and in other social media channels? But yeah, what are your thoughts? Pick up your brush, make something. <laughs> But, but but realize that your brush and your guitar or your tool is an expression of your way of seeing the world. And the way of seeing the world, if you use it in a good way, is connecting dots so people can realize that there is something um, underlying structure that could be good and lean into. Uh, the hero's journey, which is so prevalent in movies and in, 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 in sagas, fairy tales, is going from a normal world, having a problem, going to the darkest cave and finding the elixir and coming back with that. I think that is the artistic journey to go to places where people don't have time or the mindset to go there and find these kind of keys that unlock action. Uh, 
And so if we can paint the picture of the world as coherent and a good place, that is very powerful. And realizing that the, that the chaos has potential, um, the word crisis doesn't necessarily mean a negative space. It means a space where there's uncertainty of direction, uh, at a critical point where things can go in different directions. And that mm. artists can embrace that chaotic space as a place of potential, a place of, of new new beginnings and new uh, new ideas. So art ha- does have an entertainment role. It does have a self-expression role, um, but also has a role of, of painting, uh, opening the window and letting new light all come in or opening so people can see a new landscape. And mm. that is the key for me to understand my art uh, uh, and then, uh, and then going from there, uh, and then being better at my instrument, better at paint, better at whatever you do. Um, but embracing that role of being the window opener um, for people who accept the the the, the house without windows, and then people will um, will see it, and then they will believe in it. So I think the artistic mindset is hugely powerful. Hmm. Yeah, just from the way the mind works and the way it thinks when. You know, when you're a creative, right? As we started with. All right. Mm. So, um, we'll 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 finish up. But any any final thoughts that you want to pass to pass on to everyone? I'm inspired by these kind of networks. Like it's for you and 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 our network and all these things that are going on in the background that don't maybe then don't get all the attention and the people that have the connections between people uh, is hugely powerful. So. We need to engage, like engage, like you mentioned, in good conversations. Uh, and some of that conversation will be wordless, and some of that will be artistic. Uh, and let's keep that going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's absolutely critical. And, and the It's for You program, if you have an opportunity, they're doing uh, live streaming at least once a day, if not more. Great conversations, amazing people from all over the world. Some of the guys that I'm talking to from Africa or I spoke to this amazing lady from Pakistan. You know, they're just, these people are just, uh, they're just incredible. And they're right on the front line dealing with some of the worst consequences of it. So definitely check them out. All right. And thank you so much. It's been really nice to meet you. And I'm definitely going to keep an eye on what you're doing and um, and get, get some inspiration as well. All right. You just paused. Good. So. Good. <laughs> Good.